If you were to ask me two years ago if I would be a fully remote CPO with an executive team in seven different states, I would tell you that it was an absolutely absurd way to think. But now that is, it's my new normal. So the reinvention is really a new normal. It's the new way we work and the way I believe we'll continue to work moving forward. Welcome to Dear Human Resources, a show about HR topics and current trends. Our guests are practitioners and researchers who share their in-depth knowledge and experience with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources. I'm your host, Marilyn Germain. We welcome Melissa Dexter, Chief People Officer at Uprise Health. She's a leader in mental health HR and digital solutions and is responsible for building the blueprint for the well-being strategy. Melissa brings over 25 years of HR experience in all facets of people operations, including specialization in building HR infrastructure, talent acquisition, employment law, cultural transformation, and diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. She received a dual JD MBA degree from Southern Methodist University. Melissa is going to give us some actionable ways HR professionals can deal with the reinvention of work and the huge toll it's placing on them. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Can we start with an explanation of what we mean by the reinvention of work? Absolutely. So over the past five years, we have truly experienced something that I can personally say in my career, I've never experienced before. We've had significant changes in not only where we work, but more importantly, why we work. Things were beginning to shift pre-pandemic to remote work, specifically in the tech space. But I wouldn't say it was anything we would consider normal by today's standards. So many people were held to geographic restrictions on where they had to live in order to commute to their on-site job every day. Conference calls were usually held on the phone. You know, it was unheard of to be on a Zoom, you know, six, 10, 12 times a day. Another example is DEI, which is a term all HR professionals hear in pretty much everything we do all day, every day. It really had more of a tone of an anti-discrimination discussion and was really more focused on the DE and not the I, the inclusion. And I think we're really at a place, too, with the reinvention of work where generational views of so many different people and generations are now working together from baby boomers to Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z. And, you know, that wasn't as significant as it is now. As I look across my employee population, where you have your executive team, which is primarily that Gen X generation, and we're hiring more and more of the millennial and the new younger Gen Z generation and their adaptation of technology. It's really changed everything we do in the way in which we traditionally looked at work. 20 years ago, it was you live where you work, you wake up, you get dressed, you commute several hours, you go to work, you have in-person meetings, 
You may have lunch with colleagues. You may go out to lunch with colleagues. You do what you need to do the rest of the day. You get in your car, you commute home. And the past few years have really changed that. So the reinvention of how we do everything, if you were to ask me two years ago, if I would be a fully remote CPO with an executive team in seven different states, I would tell you that it was an absolutely absurd way to think. But now that is, it's my new normal. So the reinvention is really a new normal. It's the new way we work and the way I believe we'll continue to work moving forward. You know, you're right. You said that there are major generational differences in the workplace. And the Gen Z generation, which is the brand new generation coming into the workplace now, because they might be about 20 or 23 year old, for them, it's actually the normal, not the new normal, because they've never worked before. Oh, definitively. I think that it's been extremely difficult for HR practitioners as you have, you know, such a diverse community of employees now. I mean, I can tell you having two younger sons, one who just graduated from university, the way in which they consume information is very different than someone of my generation, the Gen X generation. And so how we would communicate in an email, they may not want in an email. They may want in a Slack or a Teams. So there's so many touch points and people want information immediately. That's the expectation now is where we may be, you know, it's always been an urgency, but now it's that expectation of immediacy. And I think also when you talk about what's normal for that Gen Z generation, and this is their normal, their demand for work-life balance and their demand for working for something that has meaning for them is very different than how we probably looked at the traditional work model, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's their expectations are much higher than they've ever been. Absolutely. And I think we need to take that into account when we know that by 2025, 75% of the workforce will be millennials and an increasing number of Gen Z workers coming onto the the marketplace. So it's definitely something we need to keep in mind as HR professionals. So how does this reinvention or normal, if you for Gen Z, if you will, (laughs) affect HR professionals specifically? Well, I think outside of dealing with our own, and when I say our, the HR community, our own burnout in the effects of whiplash of this reinvention, it's literally, Sherm came out in their spring 22 saying, you know, 79% of HR professionals are completely burned out from what we've had to do over the past few years. We've now had to pivot on many of the things we finally thought we had figured out. The way we recruit, the way we interview, the way we onboard, engagement and culture, compensation structures, vacation policies, daily legislation changes. The U.S. is like 50 different countries. So something as simple as crafting an employee handbook or a policy could go from being an annual process where you were just updating in certain crucial areas to it's a daily process. 
based on things that are changing every day. So it is put a tremendous burden on HR professionals to truly have to look at everything and reinvent not only the world of work, but reinvent the HR profession. It's become where every day you thought, as you so graciously introduced me, you can have 25, 30 years of doing this, and I'm not doing anything the same. And of course, you evolve and and things change, but nothing has ever changed as drastically as it has. And we've had to move at the speed that we've had to move at in the past few years. And I think that, you know, this shift of the working remote and then the shift back to hybrid return to office. People had this enlightenment on what was truly important during lockdown. And people had time to stop, spend time with their children's, their families, basic Maslow, mm-hmm. and that the travel and the demands of on-site work were removed and the things that they thought they wanted previously, now they insist on it. They want to work where they feel valued. They want to work where they're contributing to something positive. And all of these things, it's always been difficult as HR professionals. We're never hiring fast enough. Managers need replacements immediately. But then you take, as I mentioned earlier, the great resignation that we've gone through. Now we've had to completely reinvent the entire recruitment process. How do we do it online? How do we do it within DEI guidelines? How do we make sure that everything is fair and equitable? We now have people who are starting with organizations that were onboarding that have never met their boss in person, never met their team in person. So it's really every day a new challenge and figuring out what's right. And it's challenging because everybody wants to do their best. Everybody wants to provide an exceptional experience, an exceptional culture, and we're just trying to do it right. And I think it's been extremely difficult on my colleagues in HR over the past few years. How do you handle cases where employees do want to work fully remote or employees who want to be fully in person? How do you handle that in your workplace? So what we have done, and it's definitively been a challenge. So we had the discussion on what do we do? But the question almost answered itself in after two years, and and COVID is still ongoing. I'm having a wave of people now who have COVID. And so what we're finding is you can't hire over the past, let's just say, 24 months People who said, I want to be remote or were the most talented and most qualified and maybe were located in Idaho or maybe were located in New Hampshire where we don't have a physical office and then go, oh, well, we don't have anywhere for you to go. So hiring outside of those geographical boundaries made it very difficult where we did have offices to say, okay, the people who were previously located there, you can go back if you want to. Those people that don't have an office, you can stay remote. So we made the best decision we could. And we put out a survey and said, what do you want to do? And ironically, very few people wanted the ability to go back and be in an office full time. And Mm -hmm. truly, the only people 
who really wanted that opportunity to go back and do it full time were those people within the baby boomer Gen X generation. They wanted to have that freedom of working from home. So we made the decision collectively with our employees that we would close our offices. We would keep one office located in California as our headquarters, and we would take the savings as our leases would run out. We would close those offices and we would reinvest that into the business. And I think communicating and being very honest and in getting feedback from employees and not making the arbitrary decision on their behalf, we got their buy-in. And so far, that transition has been very successful. Good for you. How do you, and just plain curiosity here, do you monitor people's work? How do you know they do their work for those remote, of course? We don't, you know, and we haven't had to. And this is something that I think And I've been saying for a very long time, there comes a point where you have to trust your people. That's right. You're investing in your people and you have to trust them to come to work every day and do the best job that they can. You also have to trust your managers. Managers know, you know, at the end of the day, everybody wants to be a manager until they finally are. And then they go, being an individual contributor kind of had some positives to it, didn't it? Because then you're responsible for everyone. So you empower your managers, you give them the tools and the trainings they need to be able to manage their workforce effectively. And if you have KPIs, QBRs, if you know your business and you have good, solid managers, you can tell when people are being productive or not. You can tell by giving continuous feedback, having one-on-one -on -one meetings, You know, there's a lot of ways that in this reinvention, we figured out that it's not about monitoring computers and making sure that people are logged on from eight to five. It's the product. Right. And if things aren't being met, if metrics are falling and things aren't coming out the way in which we'd hope they would, then at that point, that goes into discussing those things with the employee and finding out why. There's always ways in which You can get to the bottom of a situation and not immediately go, you're not logging on or you're not doing your work. You just have to trust your people and they feel that. They feel that value. Right. It's funny because I asked that question to several guests on, on this podcast and they have said just about the same thing. We, you know, trust is the answer. And if you can't trust your people, then maybe they shouldn't be employees of your organization. But uh, bossware or other software to monitor performance is not typically something that most organizations are interested in investing in. So thank you for... That's encouraging. Yeah, That's encouraging. it is encouraging. <laughs> so Melissa, how do you suggest we help HR professionals with uh, the toll this reinvention is placing on them? Well, this is something I've personally struggled with and struggle with the answer to this question. One bit of advice that I've taken truly to heart and made sure to reinforce with my own HR team is to know your worth. For many years, HR, and I'm sure any of your listeners have been told, HR is overhead. HR is an expense. It's not revenue generating. Yet, when you look back over the past few years, we've now been through the pandemic, through Black Lives Matter, the ongoing COVID situation, a polarizing political climate here in the United States. And now all of a sudden, everyone is looking to HR for the answers. 
we are now just finally, which is ironic from what we were discussing earlier and being burned out. There's a reason for that. We are now being given the respect we've always deserved. And if not, I go back to again saying, know your worth. Because the reinvention of work was the reinvention of HR. Truly, I really believe this. Even in my own department, it's now people operations. And I'm the people officer, not the HR officer anymore. Because everything that we do, there's now visibility that it's not hiring and firing. It is not planning holiday parties. Everything we do supports our entire workforce. I say all the time, my team probably, if they had a dime for every time I said it, they would never have to work again. But our 250 employees at Uprise Health, I carry all of their livelihoods on my shoulders every day. And it's a huge burden to carry. And so for my colleagues that are listening, when you know your worth, you also can determine if you're being valued being given the proper time away to recharge. You're overall in a healthy, supportive environment where HR is respected, that you are being shown your worth. It's like the old adage of putting the oxygen masks on yourself, that old analogy. I would recommend set limits because there is only so much we can do. And we have proven that through the past few years. Mm -hmm. And so give yourself a break. There are so many, as I was just reviewing before my executive meeting tomorrow, all of my goals and commitments to my colleagues and updating that. And you look at it overall, and it's just overwhelming. And you just have to sit back and go, you know what? It's okay. I can only get done what I can get done. And being a very strong, wanting to do everything type A, OCD personality. I want everything done. I want everything done right. And I want everything done perfectly. And there's not bandwidth for that in me right now. And to give myself some peace and to go, you know what? It's okay. If I now have what we call on Fridays for my HR team, four o'clock Friday, or at three o'clock on Friday, I say to my team, what do you have open right now What are you working on that can't wait till Monday? And sometimes they'll come back with me with something, you know, if it's open enrollment or something crucial. But nine times out of 10, if they can't give me a good reason for something that cannot wait until Monday, I tell them to shut it down. It's time for them to take a moment for themselves, a time for them to take a moment to go reconnect, be with their family, know their worth, and be able to come back on Monday with those 250 people on their shoulders as well and hit the ground running again. So be kind to yourself. Give yourself the grace to know that we've been through a marathon and now it's time to slow the pace down. And, you know, there'll be more challenges and there'll be more things that we have to deal with. But, you know, as an HR community, we'll get through it and we, we will do it successfully together. But they concentrate better on their work over those four days. And and they are finally able to take some time for themselves uh, on Fridays, Absolutely. usually, you know, and, and do the things that they couldn't do before. So thank Absolutely. you for confirming that. Thanks, Melissa, for sharing your insights on the reinvention of work and some ways HR professionals can handle that reinvention. 
thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. Support for this show comes from Western Carolina University, a campus of the University of North Carolina system with the technical assistance of Kelly Minnis.